This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And catch him on ESPN 1000 down in Chicago. And much like our guy, Freddie Prince Jr., apparently Jay Hood is a scooby dooby douche. That was that was a good pop last night. Uh, we'll get more to AEW. And look, there's only there's one big story. We'll have we'll have a a, a three count. We'll do all those other things. There's, oh, yeah. there's one big story, mm-hmm. and it just continues to build and build and build. And it's the one thing that I have people in the ESP Milwaukee office coming up to me asking me about, and that is the return of Vincent Kennedy McMahon to the WWE. Just to Quickly give the Cliff Notes version after apparently saying he wanted to come back in December and the board unanimously rejecting him coming back. Vince decided to pull a power play because he still had voting power and enough voting power that he could be a thorn in WWE side if they ever wanted to sell the company or during the next round of media negotiation rights. Now, those rights aren't up until September of 24, but typically those negotiations will start a little bit more than a year in advance to kind of extend them or do whatever. So those are expected to be the negotiations would expect it to be start the summer. So Vince says, well, if I'm not directly involved, then I'm not going to sign off on him. So he forces his way back onto the board. A few board members resign. And with the filing with the SEC, we find out it's because Vince forced his way back onto the board. He becomes unanimously approved as the chairman of the board. Uh, Nick Khan is still just the CEO as Stephanie. Vince's daughter steps down as chairwoman and CEO of the company. And now we get rumors flying rampantly about if WWE is going to be sold, who is going to be interested. Of course, a rumor, uh, you know, a couple of nights ago about how it was going to be the Saudi Arabian government and uh, their economic arm that owns Live Golf. They were going to be potentially be buyers. Now, they're still interested, but they're among the buyers. I, I think that's about, did I miss anything? I think that's the recap of everything that's been going on with Vince McMahon trying to force his way back into power. As of right now, Triple H is still in charge of creative, although who knows that could change by the time we're done with this an hour from now. This That's how quickly things are changing right now in the WWE. But with everything that's going on in the last 48 plus hours, how good do you feel about the future of the WWE right now? I feel the same about the WWE at this point in time. But again, like you said, it could change uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours. So just to put it in a capsule, Vince McMahon wanted to have his ball back. And that's the reason why that he's in the chairman of the board again. To be able to move heaven and earth and have people move out of the board so he can bring his cronies in to be voted unanimously to be, once again, the chairman of the board is, I need my ball back. I want to point this out. It's something we haven't talked about in GKW. When it comes to Vince McMahon, guys, Vince McMahon, his only thing that he's done, uh, that he does the best, is creative in his mind. That's the only thing he's done. When it comes to television deals, when it comes to anything else around the WWE, he's always had others to handle the finances of the WWE, other things. But the thing that Vince feels he specializes in most is creative. And so when we hear that there's going to be a sale, I don't know how much Vince McMahon is going to be really involved in this. He'll probably be there for the close. He'll be there to just say, if you need me, I'm here. But when it comes to brokering television deals and all the all the rest of that stuff or the finances, it's always been someone else. And in this case, it's Nick Khan. This is why Nick Khan is talking to Disney. He talked to Bob Iger on Monday at the college football uh, championship game with Georgia uh, in, in, with their victory there. 
Um, so the best thing he does, bro, is just try to be able to handle creative. Even though people say, well, he's back, but he has nothing to do with creative. I just don't think that that's true. I really don't. I think that in this deal, if the if the company is sold, I'm, do not be surprised if there's something in the contract that says, yes, I it, the company is sold to someone else, but I'm still the chairman of the board and I still have say. Don't be surprised if that's the case. Yep, 100% agree. That's why when we talk about the future of the WWE, like I don't feel great about it. And because of that, it, the reason why is because I saw how Vince was booking things. I saw how Vince ran a wrestling company over the last, say, five years. And it wasn't enjoyable for me. Like, it wasn't something I wanted to watch on Mondays, wanted to watch on Fridays. It was a chore if I was watching a premium live event. And yes, this is all about ego. The reason he is back is so he can control that. So if it is sold to company X, he can say, hey, I'm still involved, as opposed to him being outside saying, hey, Disney's offering us the most money. They don't want you involved because it's Disney. We're going with that route. And him be like, oh, well, that sucks. Just cut me a check. No, this is all about ego. This is all about Vince McMahon. He is going to still be involved. And we said it the day it broke, the day we broke on and said, hey, Triple H is in control, how shocking it was. You know, we always thought Vince would not hand it over until he was dead. We're back there. Like, I don't think Vince will leave this company until he is dead at this point. Well, and, and I think there's doubt about whether he sells the company at all, right? I, I think that this is just a whole song and dance in a show to put himself back in power. And eventually he kind of looks at some offers and goes, ah, I'm not interested in selling it. I'm just going to keep running things. Like, I think that's still a real possibility. Now, I the Saudi Arabian government thing and, and that, like, I, I still think that there's some potential truth to that given their contract that pays them $50 million per show that they do over there and the relationship that they have with uh, with the financial arm of the Saudi government. Like, yeah, like it's that's not shocking that they would be interested in that given what, again, they Saudi dipped their toe, dipped their toe dove in head first yeah. to put on a golf league this past summer that's going to be coming up with year two in, in the upcoming spring, summer, and then into the fall. So like, this is something that they certainly would be interested in. They clearly have, have a relationship there with Vince based on this deal, but WWE to me would be an attractive thing to buy for Disney, for Fox, for NBC Universal. I mean, it is an attractive thing based on live sports and live events and, and the way that those things trend on television and having that library for the streaming wars and the streaming services that, that are out there. So it makes sense to me why it would be an attractive um, you know, thing for any media company or whatever to buy. I still have serious doubts, though, and whether or not Vince is going to, at the end of the day, sell it. Well, I, you know, until we see it, then it's hard to believe. But all the reports say it's going to happen by the time we get to the middle of the year. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. I just I, I guess there's a couple of things I'm thinking about. First of all, I've always thought that Vince was going to sell the company, but I never thought that he'd pull a power play to the point where his daughter leaves the company. So, see, that's what I'm hung up on because Tuesday's breaking news is that Stephanie leaves. So I just need your help to try to figure out why. Did Stephanie McMahon so, resign? Go ahead. Well, so I, cause the backstory there, again, is interesting because she was with WWE. She was um, – I forget what her title was this this past late she, spring into the summer was. No, no, not now. Before Before she resigned for the first time. When she stepped away to take that sabbatical before Vince resigned and then she came back to be the co-CEO and chairwoman because she was away from WWE before that happened. She resigned last spring from whatever her marketing role was 
within WWE. She had already stepped back. And the that timing was May, of by that the was way. It always, was May that she yeah. stepped away. Yeah, so, chief marketing chief marketing officer, the same chief role marketing that, officer. She had the same so that, role that Brandy, she had the same role that Brandy Rhodes had in AEW. So that was interesting just because it seemed like almost she knew that something was about to break with Vince, which obviously she did. So it made you wonder, is she actually taking a step away because of Hunter and his health issues and all these other things to kind of be around her family? Or is she stepping away because she doesn't want to be involved in that mess? And the fact that she resigned immediately after her dad came back, she was one of the people who rejected him coming back in December. Something I'm with you, Jay Hood. Something doesn't smell right there. Well, I just want to just figure this out, the, the three of us, of, of why that happened. Now, the, the number one thing would be, wait a minute now, the board told you, Vince, uh, at the end of the year when you want to come back, they said no. It was a vote of no confidence, no, you can't come back. He forced his way back into the WWE because Vince has nothing else to do besides try to run WWE. I mean, he could have retired 77 years old. All the reports is that he was dating different women and taking them to dinner. I guess he got bored with that, so he wants to come back to work. Fine. So Stephanie returns, or Stephanie returns, and now she resigns. Did she resign because she, because Vince didn't think that Stephanie and Triple H can pull off a television deal or could not pull off a sale? Did, they, did she feel that way? Did she feel also that I can't work here because my dad's back and my, and my dad was told he can't come back and all the controversy? And by the way, the lawsuits are still out there on Vince yep. McMahon when as far as uh, allegations of rape and sexual assault. It's still out there. And the it's board still... deluding that there might be more coming. Yeah. yeah Watch the Wall Street Journal very closely. There'll be more stories coming. Did she Did she do that? Why did she leave? Why did she leave? Because she could have stuck in there, but I really believe in her heart, in my heart of hearts, that she felt like me and Triple H got this. If we're going to, if we're going to go back to USA and Fox, we can handle this. But Vince said explicitly, nope, there will not be a television deal or a sale without my say as a chairman of the board. I'm sure Stephanie had to be like, okay, so if if I can't run this and you want to come back and run this, fine, I'm done. Yeah, and that comes down to ego again because the WWE is a company that will sell itself. You don't need a Vince McMahon. You don't need a Stephanie McMahon. Like It is guaranteed programming that's going to draw you $1 to $2 million once a week, twice a week. That's set. Like A TV network's going to eat that up and say, oh, yeah, I'm involved. I'm, I want to be a part of that. But Vince and the ego is going to say, oh, no, I'm going to do it, even if it doesn't mean the best for the company. Gabe mentioned the golf tour, the Live Golf Tour. They don't have a TV network. That probably has to do because of their relationship over, you know, with Saudi Arabia. That might be to the WWE. If that's where they get sold, there's no guarantee the USA Network or Fox still wants to work with them a year from now. But I don't think Vince cares in that instance. If he's still able to run the company. It is all about ego. This is a company that would sell itself. They don't need a Vince McMahon. Yeah, part of me also wonders, Jay Hood, if she just stepped away. So, you know, she steps away, all the allegations come to light. Vince eventually gets pressured to step down, so she comes back. I wonder if she stepped away for the first time because she's like, hey, I cannot be seen supporting this, being around it. Yes, the, after her father retired and she went out on television and said, we love you, Vince. Thank you, Vince. You know, I, I think you can still paint that as that's, hey, I, I, push, I was pushing him out the door. I was try, trying to do it as quarterly as possible could as I possibly could run this company like as a woman I wonder if she thinks that she just cannot company while all those while its chairperson and CEO is embroiled in all of this controversy and sexual uh, assault allegations I just don't think that she can be around there now the, the interesting next shoe to me that's going to drop 
is what's going to happen with Triple H. Like if, if Stephanie feels so strongly that she can't be involved with WWE, does it, doesn't it make sense that her husband would then also follow suits? Otherwise, it's going to make for some awkward dinners at night. I just, I just don't believe that Vince is going to keep his hands off of creative. I just don't. No, he, I mean, no, absolutely not. I, I know that last weekend, it was a, a Thursday or Friday, there was a meeting with just the employees of the WWE, and it wasn't, it wasn't a Q and A, it wasn't a chit chat, it was a chit, because in that chit they just said, "Hey, listen, just so you know that." Uh, nothing will change here, that Triple H will still be head of creative. And there was no questions uh, that was posed after uh, that was said. And so I really believe that that's what it, that he wants to do. I think that Vince wants to be able to have his hands uh, in the pie one more time. And when it comes to Triple H, I'm sure he's looking over his shoulder saying, okay, I got this. But then at the same time, Vince is going to be lurking because he's the chairman. Remember, this is what he does. This is what he does. It's not like he's going to be going flying from place to place, NBC Universal, Disney, Saudi Arabia, to sit down and broker a deal. That's not what Vince does. He's in Orla he's in Florida someplace, just probably on another date, just waiting to pick up the phone and find out, you know, who's going to be a buyer and a suitor for his company. I mean, he had no trouble cutting his own father out. Like, I don't think Triple H has to understand what's going to come. I mean, you mentioned creative out there out there. WrestleMania is a few months away. Like, this isn't the slow time for WWE. This is, you know, their road to the Super Bowl. Who is booking WrestleMania, if you guys had to guess right now? Vince. I think it's I think it's Triple H, but uh, Vince will look it over, I'm sure, okay. and say, hey, hey, pal, what are you doing? What are you doing for Mania? You know, and I'm sure it's been talked about, and maybe nothing will change based on what Triple H has put together, but I think somewhere along the line, Vince will have something to say. It, because otherwise, he's just chairman in name. He won't be doing anything. If he's not in creative, <laughs> what is he doing? Seriously. Right. And the yeah. other thing, too, we will point this out, too, Gabe, because as we put a, a bow on this, from all the reports, um, the people that work in the WWE, the talent, are very concerned. As yeah. they should be. If, 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 if you're Bray Wyatt. If you're Johnny Gargano, if you're Braun Strowman, hell, if you're William Regal, who just came back, <laughs> like you got to be uber concerned, right? Like this is the dude that let you go. And a lot of those releases had to do with, oh, we, you know, th there was always whispers that maybe Vince sells the company. And there was always a thought that when he did these mass releases and let go of seven, eight, nine, ten wrestlers at a time, that it was he's trying in a position so he can sell it lucrative more attractive to sell he's cutting off some of the dead weight trying to trim some of the fat off that roster so to me yes everybody should be concerned um if if i yeah if i'm if i'm sammy Zayn, like there's no way sam if if they were if they sell it to saudi which again if if it actually happens that's going to be like a two-hour podcast because that gets complicated <laughs> quickly and and the point that you just made brian about American television companies, whether or not they want to deal with somebody that is that directly tied to the Saudi Arabian government. And oh, by the way, that government and that entity currently suing the PGA Tour, which is a major partner of NBC Universal with the PGA Tour that they put on. Like you think you, NBC Universal is just going to sign up and give you boatloads of cash? Like there, it, it becomes tricky. It becomes very, very sticky, very fast. And Sammy, where he refuses to go over there and perform, like he's not going to work for WWE. Like, yep. and, and there are going to be more that follow him and be like, no, I don't want to work for these people. Yeah. yeah and, and I think to your point, Gabe, let's accentuate this even more. So 
you know, people hear us and say, oh, you know, the town must be concerned because they ran away from AEW or the Indies to come back to WWE because Stephanie and Triple H make it a great work environment. From all reports, they love working with Stephanie and Triple H. It's not about work rates, not about the job. It's about the ability to, to be cut at some point. Like Vince has done it before. If he's in charge again, again, trying to set up for a sale, take off and lop off a third of NXT, uh, lop off the people on WWE main event, lop off some of these guys on Raw, some of these new people. Like, what is she doing back here? Out of here. Just so they can set up for the sale. Because this, he kept doing it. It seemed like, was it bro? It's maybe twice a year we'd see these massive cuts. Uh-huh. Yep. So, there always be like post mania and then like a random summer one also. And then yeah. like we've talked about it, like it's all BS where like they cite numbers and they're making millions and billions of dollars every year. So it really doesn't matter if you cut Braun Strowman. But like from a wrestling standpoint, when you look at it, like this is a pivotal pork fork in the road. Like if they go the Saudi route and there's no TV, like it might be the end of WWE as we know it. If they go the other way and there's no Vince, then all of a sudden it's a different world. And then the extra carrot being thrown around today, that Tony Khan and his family are somehow in the mix to possibly a potential buy. Like, there's just so much in the air right now when, like, we should be focused on just fun pro wrestling. And it's not about that anymore. And the potential buyer of this company is going to impact how we watch wrestling moving forward. I mean, the cons, there's no (laughs) chance. Now that it's public, like, the only way. And yes... I'm sure that Tony's dad, who is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. uh, like, and and don't they they own a Premier League soccer team? Hold on, I believe. Yeah, so yes. like they they know enough people that they could put together a bid for the WWE yes. if they wanted. However, <laughs> they would have to do it. In, like, there's no way that actually going to sell to a company headed by the Khan family. Not going to happen. Well, but Vince probably thinks they're related to Nick Khan, though. So they might be able to sneak in under the radar that way. <laughs> like, he doesn't know at this point. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for the Khans to buy WWE. And there's Tony Khan on the ramp. Guys, we got a great show. I cannot wait for this great show on this new Monday Night Raw. The main event, it's going to be Roman against MJF. We're going to have the Usos against FTR. We're going to have Gunter against Darby. We're going to Bianca against Jade all on Raw. The whole show, one show. <laughs> it's like, wait, you mean like Dynamite where you give everything away? <laughs> We're going to get a, hey, You want those titles off of Roman? They'll take them off on Raw. When, yeah. when, Tony, Khan, when Tony Khan's owning the company, uh, MJF will take the titles off of Roman. On I'm Honor Raw. Club. <laughs> on the weekly Honor Club TV show. I I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see Roman lose the championships on Raw with the Tony Khan booking. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be great. Yeah, see, we're starting to look forward to. It is crazy to think about all, like, so many different possibilities. And and the crazy part is I think it's going to happen relatively quick. Like, I think we're going to know within a few months whether or not Vince is actually interested in selling this thing. Like, it's going to come clear. What do we have? Let's let's actually talk about fun yeah. wrestling things. The things that happen inside the squared circle. The things that happen know. every... No, I had fun. I, I had fun thinking about Raw being on Lifetime Channel. That's going to be great <laughs> when they can't be on USA anymore. I, I, I just... Think about it. Raw on Vice! Because <laughs> nobody else will take it. Monday Night Raw interrupting the Hallmark Channel's Christmas movie marathon on a Monday in I, December. What does Access TV have on Monday nights? Do they have the space? 
Uh, here we go. That's the place. <laughs> here we go. Impact pissed off now. <laughs> Stand away. I mean, usually we don't make fun of Impact until the end of the show, but you know, might as well do it at the end of the first block network. of the pod. What do we got in the three count this week, Brian? All right, guys. January 11th, 1993 was the debut of Monday Night Raw. 30 years ago, we will see a 30th anniversary celebration next week, January 23rd in Philadelphia. So, guys, in wrestling standpoint, not considering everything else going on, what changes would you make to Monday Night Raw if you had the proverbial pencil in your hand? I... I would out a way to make the three hours a little bit more palatable on television. I, I, I you got to do something with that third hour. I, I don't know if it's, you know, and I, I know they, they tried the, when Shane was around, they tried the raw underground, you know, where it was a combination of, which again, fell flat on its face, but I appreciated that they were willing to try something because, you know, watching a three-hour wrestling show where they recap the opening segment 17 times in that three-hour span, like at the beginning of every segment, well, if you missed the opening of Raw, here's what you missed. You know, that, like that gets a little tiresome from time to time. To, but the third hour is not going away. It makes them too much money, right? The, like USA wants that third hour. USA can sell that third hour, so they're going to give the WWE money for that hour. So it's not going away anytime soon, despite it being a little tiresome. It just Because even when it drops in the ratings, it's still fine for its time slot for that last hour. <laughs> So I, I don't know if I actually have the main event at the end of the second hour and maybe have, you know, some more developmental stuff in that third hour. I, I, I don't know. But I, I would try to figure out a way to differentiate maybe that third hour from the first two. I've been thinking about this for a long time. It's funny this question comes up for the 30th anniversary. I've been thinking about this for a long time. Guys, I really believe that Raw should be more like NFL, college football, and NBA coverage. Here's what I mean. At 8 o'clock, Eastern and Pacific, that first half hour should be somewhat of a pregame show in which there's more uh, interviews. You're going to get all your highlights anyway of what happened the night before, all this other stuff. But I would say that at 8.30 Eastern, that's when things should start really cooking. Because to me, that feels more like a two-and-a-half-hour show than a three-hour show. I was thinking about when, uh, bro, you were talking about this a few weeks ago about WrestleMania Tampa. And we're in the pandemic, and it was just, you know, they had bad rain. And then all of a sudden, you go to the back, and then there's, like, Kevin Owens and uh, Braun Strowman kind of shooting from the hip. Like, there's no script. You're just kind of like, here, just talk. to fill time. It was fantastic, you know, because yeah. it didn't sound like themselves. They, they sound like themselves and not scripted uh, WWE superstars. I like to have a little of that in the first half hour. Because we get to, used to this all the time with our games that we watch on usual sports, the NBA, the NFL, college football, where there's somewhat of a warm-up show, where there's a little bit, you find out information, uh, and it gets you hyped for the game that you're going to watch. And I think that in the first half hour, that should be, because it's so formulaic, even now under Triple H, even now, oh, yeah. it's the top of the hour, here comes this long-ass promo to set up a main event that may, may not deliver at the end of the show. I mean, sometimes you'll get a match, but very rarely. It's always a talking segment. Well, since you're going to do that, then that first half hour, and you're not losing the audience, as long as you show some kind of action or you're setting it up. Now, if you set it up in the front end, then you don't need to have all these packages all throughout to be able to, you know, I, I think that if you go from 830 Eastern to the end, it will feel more like AEW Dynamite than it does WWE Raw. Because the one thing the, the formula for raw for uh, dynamite is is that you're gonna action action promo action action promo 
And so I think that at least the broadcast would be faster that way if you got all the packages out of the way early and then move on with action throughout the show. Yeah, I think the last month, two months has sort of shown that even Triple H can't handle the three hours. Like when he took over, everyone was so excited, like, wow, this is a lot of fun. We're getting a whole lot of wrestling. We're getting a 20, 30 minute match. And now it's at the point where it's like, well, I can't do this every week. So, hey, let's just throw Dolph out there to lose another match. Let's just do this. Let's have this rematch or this random tag match. And, you know, we talk about just getting viewers. Like, I've always wondered if it's NXT. Like, give them eight to nine. I know they're drawing a decent number on Tuesday. I would say it's respectable at this point. Like, it's at least six to 800,000 every week, which is pretty impressive. What if they were eight to nine to where it was his own standalone show? You could tease ahead to Raw the entire time, and then it's a two-hour Raw, and you do it that way. But then what do you do with the NXT on Tuesday nights? The problem is you've right. sold NXT on Tuesday nights. It's its own two-hour entity that USA is making money off of and the WWE is making money off of. I really like Jay Hood's idea. Yeah. Like, especially if they if they still had Renee, yeah. like, right. th that would have been, like, her is the studio host. Like, I, I just think of how good that Talking Smack was with her and Brian Danielson. And, like, when she was – so it – but it got buried, right? Like mm -hmm. he was either on the network or he was on late on Fox or the, the different iterations that they've had of that show. But if, yeah, if you take talking smack and if you have somebody who's good enough, like Renee, I, Byron would be that guy right now. He's doing a lot of the backstage interviews on raw um, or, or, you know, kind of bring somebody in. Like if, if you brought back Adnan Verk, who fell flat on his face as the play-by-play -play guy, but obviously is passionate about wrestling like you're telling me he couldn't do a half hour studio show, like a half or studio esque type show as the host. Like, I, I think right. that would be, you know, if you bring in somebody from the outside that has a little bit of a name to kind of pump up that pregame type show, I, I, I could definitely get behind that. And I think the other thing with the three hours that we've sort of realized, and I didn't realize, by the way, 2012 is when it made the flip. Like, it's been over a decade now, oh, yeah. three hours, uh -huh. which is crazy. But like, I feel like you don't get those moments anymore because it's such a chore because you're trying to get through three hours. And I know there's always a nostalgia factor and we're always tied to the attitude era, but like from the last five years, like how many of those moments are like, Oh, remember when this happened on raw, you know, this guy won the title or this surprise, like those don't happen anymore. And it's because you're just trying to fill time. And even with that stuff, those of us watching, it's like, all right, let's just get this over with. Like if not for DVR, like I don't know how many people are watching three hours because you have the fast forward button. Yeah, but then you turn on SmackDown or Dynamite or any other two-hour show, and it just feels so right. like, oh, crap, we got a lot of things to get in. We've only got two hours to do. we got to go boop, 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 boop. And, like, again, if you watch SmackDown on a Friday night, like, it it goes by relatively quick because you can't have this rambling 20-minute promo at the top because you're just trying to fill time. I mean, when Seth Rollins was the champ, I swear to God he filled the fast first half hour by himself with promos that went absolutely nowhere. Right. I mean, tip of the cap to you, sir, for being able to say nothing nothing for a half hour, but it's still somehow finding a way to time. But that's what they, to, to your point, that was kind of the formula. But when they, when, when people have opportunities to have promos on SmackDown outside of Roman, when he comes out, but even then he has to be more succinct. It's, it's not like when he's on raw, cause he's got a little bit more breathing time. So they got three hours to fill. Everything has to be a little more succinct and, and it falls into line a little bit quicker on SmackDown. Yeah, the Vince era having to to memorize all those lines for those long promos in the first segment was brutal. I mean, brutal. the other thing also that I feel like it's never mentioned anymore is what about the brand split? Like, is Raw a better show if 
you're watching Monday to tease ahead to Friday to then tease back to Monday and just going in that circle. I know it's sort of a blurred line right now, but there are guys and girls that are, you know, sticking on just one show every week. Well, this is the best the brand splits been, right? Where it's, it's pretty much yeah. true to form outside of Roman and the well, the whole bloodline. Bloodline yeah. goes wherever they want to go. But I, yeah, it's actually and KO's kind of been following the last couple of weeks, like, because he's obviously the number one contender at this point. So he kind of shows up on both. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually this is actually good, bro. It's for the first time. I think that Triple H probably made that something that he wanted to make sure he did, and that but, is okay. If it's gonna be a brand split, Gunther. You can never leave SmackDown. Which but is we fine. talk about the bloodline being the best thing in wrestling, and I think part of that is because we can watch them on both days. Like we're gonna watch on Monday, like oh they're doing this on Friday, or they're gonna do something on Friday that's gonna lead ahead to Monday. You don't get that. Like yeah, Gunther, we know we're gonna watch only on Friday, but then you don't need to watch Monday. So maybe if you, you know had what? the whole roster there, maybe you could do something more. You know what? The reason why that that formula has to change is in because as soon as the pyro goes off, it's like, hey, we're at Raw. The show's on. We're live. It just takes the piss out of everything when you get a 20-minute talk segment. Right. Like, like you love to have action. And this is what AEW does well or Rampage does well even. And that right. is you got, got action first. All right, we'll get the talk segment later, but I, you tuned in for wrestling. Let me give you wrestling first. This is, the, and you know what? This is why I'm gonna have to stop being so hard in some of these cities that have Raw because they're settled in and they they're cheering. Three, two, one. All right, we got wrestling, and then you don't get wrestling. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like when Gabe goes. Oh, to- here comes Austin Theory. Right. Hey. It's like oh, and, and doing the Vince promo still, right? Still doing the Vince stuff. Still doing the formulaic nonsense promo. So when Gabe goes to SmackDown and Green Bay tomorrow, you he'll notice how different. <laughs> he'll notice how different that show is from Raw. When he goes to the Rush Center. <laughs> you're going right I, I i am not i have a high school basketball game tomorrow night that oh. i have to do i've got a previous commitment i apologize uh, not driving up to the rush center let me tell you um, something gabe Knightzel's had enough of wwe live events <laughs> he's had enough everybody again no the live events i will go to a live event uh-huh. having to sit through raw and all the commercials it gets tough although again i under I will say under Triple H, I think it's gotten better where they have more matches that go through commercials. Mm-hmm. So it keeps the live audience a little bit more engaged. But man, the last time I went to see Raw under Vince, whew, that was tough. We yeah, I do think there's like- less of Wrestler X comes out commercial. Wrestler X still standing there awkwardly in the ring. And here comes the next wrestler. Like there's less of that, which is nice. Yeah, because, and, and again, it's tough to balance over the course of three hours. But I think that's like, in terms of changes, like that's the only change, right? Is trying to figure out a way to make those three hours more palatable. Because yeah. if you can find, there, you do find it from time to time when, you know, you're, you're fast forwarding through because of DVR or whatever. There are good things that happen on Raw. There are fun matches that happen on Raw. There are good segments that happen on Raw. But there's also garbage that happens because you have to right. fill the three hours. Yeah, that's what that's pretty much it. And Raw's had some tremendous moments over the years, but the thing that's missing, guys, is that pop. Like, who's that star that when he comes out, oh my god, I can't believe, just like it was in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Like, I see poor Kevin Owens come out there, and I know what Kevin Owens trying to do. He's very glib, and he's very good on the mic, and this whole thing with Sami Zayn. But it's it's very mild. It should be like, oh my god, here comes. It's not. He's not Austin. He's not Cena. But just the idea that. This is a guy here that's at the at the front uh, of the babyface line, and the crowd's just kind of like, 
yep, here comes Kevin Owens again. And that's that's a microcosm of Raw. Like, no one gets excited outside of Roman and the bloodline coming out. After that, it just falls off the table. Yep. When's the last time you remember a Raw crowd being as hot as the crowd was in L.A. for AEW last night? Because that was a hot crowd. It would have to be a Raw after Mania, but even that's had the wind taken out of it recently. The last few, that is correct. Um, you know, usually the Raw after Mania, and I know how that international crowd and people from all over the country just take it over. You know, because of of what we've seen over the last year or two, that's not as wild. I mean, no. that thing made that that crowd made Fandango. Right. I mean, I feel like once it became cool and the WWE leaned into it, it's like, oh, Raw after Mania. It's like, no, like it's cool because you guys aren't acknowledging it, like. I, uh, yeah, and that's been years. Like maybe when Cass and Enzo, like, wasn't that a big Raw after Mania when they came yeah. up? That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, that was. Well, a long and that's time why ago. I wondered. And that's why I think you know I, I wondered, and it was uh, before we had started here on GKW. I wondered if they would just save Cody for the Raw after right. Mania instead of actually debate debuting him at Mania, which they they had just kind of teased too much to not do it at that point. But saving him for the Raw after Mania might have been something cool to happen and try to reinvigorate that. that. But again, it's it's also now tougher because I feel that crowd now going to a two-night Mania. So you have Friday Night SmackDown, (laughs) Mania on Saturday, Mania on Sunday, by the time Monday rolls around, it's pretty exhausting, right? Like, it's it's been a lot of wrestling. So it's going to be tough for that Raw after Mania crowd to be as hot as it's been the last few years just based on the scheduling changes that WWE has made. Yeah, back, uh, what back, do, back in the day, you just go to NXT and then you take a flight and go home. You just go to the NXT. Just go to Saturday that show. Night, yes. When it was great. <laughs> it's like, that, was, that was better than Mania. That's what you do. Uh-huh. You go to the NXT show. Like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm not dealing with yeah. Mania. What do we got at number two on the three count, Brian? All right, we talked about AEW Dynamite in LA last night, and it was a pretty big return for Adam Cole, baby. First time back in six months after suffering a concussion and other injuries at Forbidden Door. So, guys, how would you fantasy book Adam Cole's return to AEW? Uh, first of all, tip of the cap to them. I mean, they I, I know everybody was ho- hoping for Mercedes Monet last night, and like it didn't happen. You know, and, and there were videos on Twitter where after that women's match, the lights went out and everybody thought it might be happening. And then the video board lights up and it's an advertisement for Rampage. So, like, very disappointing. Crowd wasn't happy with that. That happened off TV. So you had to only be on social media for that one to uh, to see it play out. But I was very excited to see Adam Cole back. And he gave one hell of a promo. Um, but before I fantasy book it, I, I just... I was uncomfortable with the booking of um, Mox and Hangman. Hangman in the lead up to it, right? Like, we don't have to, like, concussions happen. They're terrible. But to, to enter it into a storyline the, the way they did to the point where he was even drinking N.A. beer to, like, subtly hint that, yeah, because alcohol is bad for concussions, like in a promo that he did leading up to this for, for, uh, for Hangman, to then have that match end with John Moxley presumably concussed storyline wise. So now he was asking what even. happened. He goes, Oh, what yeah. happened? What happened? Yeah. So to have that be a part of the storyline, and I felt uncomfortable. And then in, in retrospect, I really felt uncomfortable after Adam Cole just poured his 
freaking hard out, man. And and the, the the issues that he dealt with with his concussions and his shoulder and like the issues that he dealt with, like couldn't drive in a car for 15 minutes would vomit sometimes. That's how bad his concussions were. Like I, I don't understand how you make light more or less of concussions in a storyline and then have Adam Cole follow that up. Like that is beyond stupid. And maybe that's just me being too sensitive to concussions at this point, but like, holy crap. Like how, how are you hitting me over the head that badly with concussion thing? And how are you not seeing why this is a bad idea? And to that point, like, I think because it was literally segment break cold, like, it wasn't like you forgot about the Moxley thing. Like, I think if it was spread out more, you know, we're prisoners of the moment. You could have forgotten like, hey, yeah, Mox and Hangman was a great match. Don't really remember the concussion stuff. But we saw that. And then we heard the Adam Cole stuff. They're literally back to back. Like, that was definitely a miss on their part last night. And what I thought was a really good show. You know, it with WWE booking, you probably wouldn't have seen um, Hangman go over. It would have been some schmoz. It would have been some disqualification, sure. whatever, right? But in AEW, you get clean finishes. And the clean finish was Hangman giving Moxley a receipt by saying, okay, you gave me a concussion. I'm going to give you one. It was awkward for me. Like, I enjoyed the match. I just thought the finish yeah. was just – I just thought it was a little awkward um, because John Moxley very rarely loses clean. And the way he lost, you couldn't do that with a roll up. Could do that with, you know, you know something else. No, they did it because they they went concussion for concussion. And there's Hangman Page that's looking with who was pissed off, you know, walking backwards up the ramp with regret. And it's kind of like, okay, so where are you going with this? Where where we're going with this is Moxley going on vacation finally. That's where yeah. we're going with this. Okay. There's easier ways to write them off, man. Like just with what we know about concussions now, and I understand, like feigning injury is a part of professional wrestling, right? Yeah. Like you do it, you have the stretcher job and all that, you know, and, and, and you do all that. But with what we know about concussions, like to, to fake them to me, that's, that's just not an area I want to go in 2023. Yeah. Like, so, so because, because, because of how, no, how, how serious we know they can be. Cause then Adam Cole comes out and tell us how serious it can be. Yes. Right. That's the thing. Like your locker room, Cole, Brian, hangman, like, the top of your card has dealt with concussions and extended periods of time. So like, it feels like you're almost spitting in the face of like temptation where it's like, Oh, what are we doing here? Like it is yeah. very weird to have it in your face and still do that. So, so if you're scoring at home, real concussion, uh, fake concussion, real concussion with the promo with Adam Cole, that's exactly what we just saw there in yes. back-to-back segments. As far as Adam Cole's concerned, let's talk about how this is all set up by the great Tony Schiavone. So he's up there and he says, well, I'm going to introduce someone I don't really want to talk to. I don't really don't want to introduce this guy. And I'm thinking it's MJF the entire time. Mm-hmm. And it ends up being Adam Cole. And you figure, okay, that's the whole thing with Britt Baker. I get that. But it's it surprised me uh, because I thought that was MJF coming out. Like, hey, here's here's a guy that I don't want to talk to. Whatever, right? And it's, it's Adam Cole. And it's like, wow, he's back. To the point where... Excalibur on the broadcast said, that's funny. It says on my format, TBD. He didn't know it was going to be Adam Cole. Right. If you heard that in the broadcast, he's like, it says TBD yeah. on my shit here, and it's and it's Adam Cole. I'm so glad to see him, and he did a great baby face promo. I'm glad that he told us exactly what's going on with him. He also he made everyone emotional at the Kia Forum and also swerved everybody by saying, I got 
good news and bad news. And the bad news is that whole locker room is on notice, which would that gave a huge pop to people in Los Angeles. They love that. And so the booking for him, bro, would be something very, very um, I would not put him on TV every week. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the pro, maybe the, the mistake they're making with Brian Danielson, quite frankly. Um, he would not be on and he would not be on TV every week. I would ease him in. He would be a strong contender for the TNT championship because Kyle O'Reilly is not coming back anytime soon. Apparently he's banged up really badly. So he, mm-hmm. it's not going to be a tag team situation. It's going to be Cole solo. I think that he's in line for the TNT oh, championship. That's how I'm giving up on Bobby fish coming back, I guess. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, come on. All right, that's your business. <laughs> I do think that with Colt, like the seeds were planted. We never got the payoff because of injuries of like, elite and undisputed elite i think there's still stuff there to work with and i don't think we need cole in any title picture at this point i think you can build up like hey he's back let him be a sympathetic baby face to where he's taking losses like a miro out there like that could be the pay-per-view match let them go he loses then he eventually joins back up with the bucks because he's on this losing streak and then he turns on them and we get cole versus kenny eventually and you don't even need a title involved in that point like just lead up to this great wrestling lead up to adam cole promos and you can keep him away from really all titles at this point. Because I do think he's better as a heel. And heel cold doesn't really mesh with an MJF uh, world champion. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it depends. Yeah, it depends upon if they keep him babyface. Like, they're going to have to keep him babyface for a while after the promo he cut last <laughs> night. He's just going to be bad babyface. Adam Cole, it's the way it's got to be. And as long as he's babyface, he's on the short list of guys that could take the, the belt off of MJF. Now, granted, I, I don't see that happening until All Out. I don't see that happening in presumably. Chicago on, on Labor Day. They've always had that event. And as MJF's contract is potentially going to be up in 2024, I don't think you want to wait until the last pay-per-view event of the year to potentially take it off of MJF. So I assume it would happen at All Out. But he would be on the short list. Like, because he would be, you know, for a lack of a better comparison, I guess. I mean, be your new CM Punk. Like, he's back, man. Like, he is super proud. Now, he's not going to draw the way CM Punk does, but he could be that baby face that is probably better as a heel, but everybody wants to cheer for right now because of his story. Let's just be honest. Adam Cole is is always been a baby face because he gets a crowd reaction. He's a cool heel, bro. It's, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. Super cool. What's, what, what's a cool heel? It's a baby face. Yeah, no, he's a 2022, 2023 heel. Like, we talk about Roman where, like, He's the top yeah. heel, but he's got a catchphrase that everyone's going to recite. It's it's in the business. It's a character baby face. That's what it's called. That's what, exactly what he is. And so because he gets reaction, he raises his arms, says Adam Cole, baby. Everyone says it, right? Uh-huh. So so that that's what he is. I just, you know, we talk about him trying to get to the top of the card. I just, you know, we I I, I groaned when I thought of the I the the a possibility that you guys mentioned of like Omega versus versus him. I was like. I don't know if he could take that kind of match. <laughs> like, like ser- seriously, well, like, yeah. I, I'd be, well, I, I mean, him against even Danielson, I'm afraid. <laughs> seriously. Right. I'm that's afraid that's fair. But I, I mean, if, if he goes up against Omega, I don't think we're going to get new Japan pro wrestling, physical Kenny Omega. <laughs> like it's not going to be strong style. Kenny Omega. Are you it's sure? going to be more of the AEW? I, I would, I would assume. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think – see, here's the thing that we have to realize about these AEW guys. These guys are indie guys. These guys are New Japan guys and AEW guys. They only know one gear. They only, you don't see a soft WWE style in AEW. Everything's right. a hard clothesline. Everything is is stiff. Everything. What, what, how about Danielson and Takeshita? I mean, like, 
in in WWE would say, "Oh, that's a nice match." In AEW, it's it's a it's a match that's in top ten of the year already. I mean, seriously, <laughs> there, there is no let up in Kenny Omega. That's that's the whole thing with Adam no. Cole. But there was a different gear inside the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Like the, the physicality that him and Osprey had was there, there was a different gear to that one versus what we've seen typically from Kenny on AEW. I don't see that. Well, it was longer in New Japan. That's why. I mean, and it's Will Maybe. Osprey. You try to kick his ass, but I mean, what about <laughs> what about these Omega matches against? What was it like Jericho, Moxley, some of these other ones? Those things were very, very. Uh, well, you can't. I mean, I mean. Mox is an insane what? person, so of course it's going to be. Of course, I mean, that's going to be physical. Like, I I don't think that there's a second and third gear of these guys. I think it's just one gear, full stop. I'm going to run through you. That's how it works in AEW. It's not New Japan level, I would agree, but it but it's pretty physical. Oh it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's uh, yes. Gunther would fit in beautifully in AEW. <laughs> oh my god, I would wish. I would hope that Gunther Gunther Miro. Oh my god! Oh my god! We have to get Mirror on TV first. That's put that on a pay per view and just take my money. (laughs) Well, when Tony Khan owns WWE, we're going to get that. Oh, okay, that's good. (laughs) That 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 will be on SmackDown. (laughs) (laughs) Because main events, yeah, main events on Peacock. Catch it on a Tuesday night. Because all the best matches are on TV. (laughs) Number three, Brian. All right. Also, last night, Dynamite, the Elite knocked off Death Triangle in a ladder match to win the best of seven series four to three and reclaim their trio's titles. Guys, did the best of seven series deliver? I think it did. I, they, they came up with different creative ways, like the offense that they had on the ladders last night was fantastic. The way that they used the ladder. I mean, even, even the way the match started, they were creative in some of the different ways they would, you know, you're expecting somebody to jump out and kick, you know, the ladder, but they move the ladder. So the guy comes out and then they're able to run Kenny over with it. And they just had enough little kind of little swerves within the match to kind of make it a little bit different. All seven matches ended up being entertaining. Now I'm, I I think the wrong team won. Um, I still don't know how I feel about the bucks and Omega um, but I think the wrong team won, but th- th- that doesn't mean the matches weren't entertaining. So I think the matches certainly delivered. You know what? You are correct as usual. Um, because Gabe, if, if we saw, um, the death triangle win that match, people will still be cheering. It's yeah. Los Angeles. They hot there. That crowd was hot all night. If death triangle won, uh, the crowd would have been hot for Death Triangle to win that championship. Now we all kind of knew the Elite was going to win because mm-hmm. the Bucks are from Rancho Cucamonga; they're from California, so we get that. But if Death Triangle would have won. I've been fine with that. I, I just I want to point out something I noticed uh, yesterday. So I'm watching the show, and I said, "When's this main event coming out?" Uh, it's coming out at 8:46 Central. I'm like, Golly. "Ooh, we got to rush through this." This will. This is not going to be twenty five minutes. And there was like two minutes of an overrun. But yeah. well, let me tell you something. What's so impressive about match seven for me, bro, it's is that they had limited time and they rushed through everything, but they hit everything. They hit everything because it's like, I'm sure in the back they're like, okay, guys, you got uh, thirteen minutes. What? Yeah, you got thirteen minutes. Okay. 
okay, okay, we're gonna get all our spots in, our crazy ladder spots and everything else. They're like in sorry in less- guys, you know that guy from community who's super annoying? <laughs> like that MJF had to make fun of him. Like MJF yeah. had to roast him. He took a couple minutes away from you because he had to go after Ken Jong. So now you guys have less time. Wait, seriously, and that, so that's what impressed me. They hit everything in sh- in a short amount of time. That should have been twenty five minutes. It was down to less than fifteen, I think. So for me, like them delivering in seven matches is not at all surprising. Like we knew that was going to happen when you get those six in the ring. Any combination, any way you do it. To me, the only reason I say no is really goes back to how it started. Like I feel like the way they brought back the Bucks was sort of wasted, where it wasn't that surprise pop. It was just sort of like. Hey, they're wrestling this weekend. So that was weird. And then also the fact that you took the legs out of that first match, like them losing the Bucks and Kenny losing at their return was a legit shock. And I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Great decision. And then later that night, they're like, oh, actually, we're going to do six more of these. Like that just sort of took the legs out. And now, like, yeah, it feels like Kenny is sort of wasted doing the trios titles because you're just going to put down other people. Like to me, Give it to House of Black. Let them get a run. But ultimately, like they're probably going to get squashed by this. Also, boy, if this was in a, a barn in uh, in Orlando, you would have loved this best of seven. <laughs> the matches were good. I if enjoyed is, the matches. No, uh, uh, you said it didn't deliver though. If this was PWG, no. boy, you would have lo- you would have loved it. Oh my god! It, it, yeah. when, 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 Battle of Los people, Angeles. Oh man! Oh yeah. my Shout god. out to Jericho for his bola appearance. That, great oh, job there. That delivered. Boy, boy Brian, Brian Rose. I mean, I'm so sorry this best of seven didn't take place in front of 300 people in a sweaty gym. Sorry. The fans were too far from the ring. That's why I didn't deliver. They need to be on the ring, no guardrails. It's unbelievable. We we want to get out to Mania for this show. Brian already thinks we missed Mania because he missed the battle for Los Angeles. And the the couple intergender match between Jordy and Grace and and Jonathan Gresham. Like, he's really disappointed he couldn't see that one. Accurate, Uh, yep. Yeah, nothing like wrestling your wife because that's good. That's good TV. That's 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 good matches right there. I, it's unbelievable. You just can't please Broitz. It's crazy. No. Best no. of seven. They busted their ass for seven matches. They did a great and, job. And one of those. And by the way, I know I know you. When we do our our end of the year show, our award show, one of those seven is going to make it. As okay. <laughs> One of them is going to make, when you go back in retrospect, you're going to say, yeah, guys, I think uh, match five is good. Like, you're going to do that. You're going to do that. And no, that the match was gonna... delivered. I just feel storyline-wise, it was missing something. Like, it was a creative way to get them the belts back, but eh, I don't think it was necessary. Oh, my God. But all six guys, including including Ray Phoenix, one of uh, Gabe's guys, and you shit on it. I mean, the best go. wrestler in the world. You can say it. Unbelievable. <laughs> And, and like and Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, what the what did what did Don Callis say? Like seventeen, eighteen hour um, yeah, flight. Lag. Yeah. yeah, the lag, the lag from from Japan. He's out there. He impressed me more than anybody. I'm like, didn't you just go through the meat grinder in Japan? <laughs> Holy yes, cow! Yes, he did. Holy, he absolutely cow. did. That's a worker right there, pal. That's a worker. Yeah. He was he was so impressive to me. I'm like. Why are you doing all these things? <laughs> you you just didn't you just go through everything? And then uh, is it Matt Jackson? Was it Matt Jackson that got uh, that uh, had that spot on the ladder? That was unbelievable. Yeah. That spot on the, the ladder where his his legs. That were, I think his, it was Nick. Yeah. yeah, Nick Jackson. Yeah, his legs springboard off of the off of the ladder. Uh, I don't know how his hip, his ass, and his legs are yeah. still attacked after that move. Oh, he's right underneath his ass is going to be bruised for a month. 
at least. Yeah. Oh, that just looked like the way it, 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 yeah, it was brutal, but they put themselves through it again. I don't think the right team won. I stand by that, but the matches delivered. They were wildly entertaining. I was just a little disappointed. That was Kenny Omega who was the one pulling that championship belt off. I thought it would have been more entertaining. I think you have better stories to potentially tell going forward with, with the death triangle than you do. Like the, the elite and Kenny are at their points where you can tell so many different stories with them. Like I, I don't want them because the, the problem is you're probably going to tell a bunch of different stories, especially with Adam Cole back. Like you're probably going to tell a bunch of stories and you, you created these trios titles and now much like the WWE with their women's tag team titles, they're probably just going to get more or less ignored as you tell different stories that involve the people who happen to hold those championships. Yeah. that And that's historic in wrestling, by the way, you, you give somebody the six man tag team championships and it's kind of like, well, are they going to defend them? No, nah, they just have them. Right. Like, we go like the, the the Von Erichs had them and the Freebirds had them, but they, it wasn't like they're out there every week defending them. It's just kind of like, yeah, we got them. And actually, when I was growing up, guys, the six man cha- the the six man tag team championships was a bowling trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I I, I want to say we should go back to that. Can you imagine a bowling trophy hanging from the Kia Forum last night? And that's what Kenny's climbing the ladder to try to desperately get to. We should go back to that. I think that was in world class, as a matter of fact. I don't think they had, like, championships because the, the territories couldn't afford, like, you mean I got to get three belts for these guys? I get three belts. How about a bowling trophy? And so it would just be like Michael Hayes holding up, uh, like, a trophy. We're the six-man tag team champions. Well, who holds the championship? Does, does Terry take it home? Does Buddy Roberts take it home? It, it was weird. Weird times. But they couldn't afford, they couldn't afford like, three championships like right. AEW. It was like, you're, you're the champions, Von Erichs. Here's your bowling trophy. It was. That's the way he did it. Uh, that's awesome. <sighs> what do we have in the news and notes section this week, Brian? Seriously, they should go uh, back right. to that. I wish they would. <laughs> the bowling trophy. Ode to history. Much like the white-strapped Intercontinental Championship, ode to history. Oh. Go back to the bowling cha- trophy for the trio's champions. You guys mentioned WrestleMania weekend announced last night that in L.A., Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor will take place Friday, March 31st, 4 o'clock Pacific. Pacific in LA. It'll be on the campus of USC. Just for scheduling standpoint, SmackDown and the Hall of Fame ceremony also going on that night at the Crypto.com arena. Uh, not shocking. I mean, this is a something ROH has done for years, right? So I think you stay consistent with that and people come to expect it and you roll with me. This is what a lot of these promotions do. They, they put up events around WrestleMania and it's a part of the week. Uh, bro, it's, I didn't have, I'm not prepared for this. I was wondering how many seats does the Galen center hold on the campus USC? Um, I um, do not know, but they've been running small venues. I mean, there's going to be people there because it was announced also this week that WrestleMania has already set the gate record. The previous record was 17.3 million at AT&T. So there are going to be wrestling fans in LA. Oh, sure. Sure. No, I was just wondering for ring of honor. Like, um, I'm sure there's going to be wrestling fans, uh, looking to as, is always for WrestleMania weekend. You're looking for shows, independent shows. I was just wondering how many this uh, arena holds. I'm sure Google that says uh, a little over ten thousand. So they'll set it up for like six. Yeah, and and they'll and they'll be fine. Um, but Gabe hit it on the head. This is what ROH has done for a long time. I know people are like, oh, AEW doesn't usually follow it. What WWE? It's different. Right. They're, 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 now here's the thing, though. Do not be surprised in this card if this. Is filled with AEW guys 
on this ROH card. It wouldn't surprise me, but this would be the first time that Tony Khan has followed behind the WWE for their WrestleMania show. And they'll they'll sell out just like a lot of other venues around the LA area for WrestleMania weekend. Well, the weird part is, remember last year they ran Dallas, and Tony's thing was like, oh, that was already booked when I bought Ring of Honor. That's why we're doing it. And that was the one where the Bucks, you know, did the run-in after the Briscoes and FCR match. So it's sort of your point there. Yeah. So I, I oh, good for them. Um, I'm sure that'll be uh, on the uh, on the stream, mm-hmm. right? Um, that the stream that again we still don't know when it's gonna. I thought we we're supposed to have more information about this. Apparently not. No, we're still waiting on that, and it might be on the stream, but you'll have to pay additional to actually watch it on the stream. So remember that <laughs> no, part. <no>, <laughs> Some oh, free agency news: Fightful reporting that Jay White's New Japan deal is set to end soon. "Quote unquote." He does want to work in the U.S. Also, the WWE reportedly interested in Hikaleu and Tamatunga. Jay White and Hikaleu supposed to have a loser leaves town match in New Japan over the next couple months. Uh, I would assume that WWE is no longer interested. Because <laughs> of Vince. Because <laughs> of Vince, right? Like, I'm assuming Vince ain't going to be interested in those guys. Yeah. He he wants his big boys. Vince is back in charge. You guess where you're not going, Jay White? Hey, Vince, uh, I got this guy from Japan, Jay White. Uh, really? Put him in NXT. <laughs> Jay White, the NXT? What? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, he, can he work TV? Yeah, he was an impact. I said, can he work TV? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So he invented the Tokyo Dome. I think he's doing all right for himself. That's Japan, pal. Put him in NXT. Put him on Tuesday nights. I mean, could you imagine, really? Like, he's yes. one of the best wrestlers in the yes. world. And yeah, that would not surprise me. Um, Hikaleo's a big boy, though. Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Vince would love him. Him against almost at WrestleMania. Moving on to non-Vince guys, Johnny Gargano this week suffered a shoulder injury at a house show. Doctors say five to six weeks. He says he's shooting for the Rumble, trying to get back for that. Yeah, I mean, he's got, when we talked to him last year, I mean, he's got things he wants to check off. The Rumble, he wants to, you know, wrestle at WrestleMania. He wants to go after that Intercontinental Championship at some point. Like, he's got goals, and I, I don't blame him. I think if he, depending upon how serious the injury is, I think you could be able to work around a shoulder injury like the Rumble where you're not in there for very long. Maybe you eliminate a guy or two um, and then get out, but. Again, it, it all depends upon if Vince is running things by the time we get to the Rumble in a couple of weeks, right? Like, well, if, if Vince is running things, I don't think little old Johnny Gargano is going to be in the Rumble. Johnny Gargano, you're back. Get out. <laughs> and your wife. Um, he he was, says wrestling too much. He's Johnny wrestling. He's got baby wrestling. Like, he says the word wrestling too much for Vince. Uh, not going to wood for Johnny Gargano. Yeah, absolutely. His his goal is to be back in the WWE. I know it's been kind of a start stop for him. We've cr- kind of ridiculed uh, the storyline he was in uh, with mm-hmm. the Miz, but we know he's a great worker. And and the other thing, Triple H knows he's a great worker. I mean, those were must see matches that he had um, uh, with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Those are must see matches for NXT. We know he can work. Hopefully, he'll be able to get back on uh, healthy and to help the company. And finally, a news and note just for Jay Hood. Impact has announced their Hard to Kill pay-per-view, which takes place tomorrow night on Fight TV. A sellout from the center stage in Atlanta. The main event, Josh Alexander defends the Impact title against Bully Ray in a full metal mayhem match. No idea what that is. 
Also, Jordan Grace takes on Mickey James. That'll be title versus career in that match. <laughs> I love it. So this is center stage, the home of WCW Saturday night with Jim <laughs> Ross and Larry Zabisco. Um, this is out. This is out. Fantastic. Fantastic. A sellout. Uh-huh. It, you know what that sellout is? Game night. So that sellout is you going to a movie premiere and it's a 200 seat theater. That's where they're going to be wrestling. <laughs> I mean, God bless center stage. I mean, it is a spot in Atlanta, right? It's 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 historic only in this regard. WCW used to run their TV there. Okay, great. But the idea that they're saying they're claiming sellout, like, uh-huh. yeah, I guess so. So, so what you're telling me is there's going to be a movie theater in Atlanta in a couple of weeks when Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania comes out. There are theaters <laughs> and people going to see that. And there are yes. just for this one show. It's sold out. My God. Based on my Googling, a Bound for Glory, October of 2021, the last pay-per-view they sold out. So, step in the right direction. Also, I just checked on Fight of $40 for that pay-per-view. So, I'm going to Hold on, hold on. So, see, a Bound for Glory is sold out. Louisville? In 2021. Louisville? Where was that? Uh, I don't know where that was. That was was the last thing I could find of an impact sellout. If it was a sellout, it's probably in that same dungeon that they do their TV in. Where, where Bobby Fish says, where's the lie? Lie, lie, lie. <laughs> Hello? Uh, it was in Nevada Hello? at uh, Sam's Town Hotel and Gambling Hall. Oh, that was <laughs> at the bar. Gambling Hall. At the bar. <laughs> That's what that was. I've seen gambling that before. That's a, that, you know what? That's 70 a Sam. Time. I didn't know he had a gambling hall <laughs> That's in the, Vegas. Good for him. him. That's at a bar. <laughs> That's not a arena. Oh my God! He got oh. two for one specials during the pre-show. It was great. Oh. Uh, according to Google, at Sam's, uh, the theater holds uh, twelve hundred. What what holds twelve? What Sam's Sam? Town in, oh my in Nevada? Oh my God! That's so ridiculous. So you're not watching tomorrow? Twenty-four hours from now, mark your calendar. I will not be watching that, but I will tell you what a legit sellout is. Uh, for those watching on ESPN Los Angeles or listening on the podcast, congratulations to you because you guys were a great crowd for AEW Dynamite one. But two, did you you guys heard like something? It's strange. First of all, it's a great crowd because it started four thirty Pacific. Yes. Right? So you're at four thirty Pacific, and it's like that. Then the show starts at five Pacific, and it was loud and ready to go. Coming off of work or all the crazy traffic in L.A., but yet they were in their seats ready to go. But the other thing is too, they had the biggest walk up in the history of the biz of, of the company. Mm-hmm. I, the gate was over seven hundred thousand dollars for last night's show That's for awesome. AEW Dynamite. Damn. Yeah. So LA is hot for it because, and this is what happens. You don't flood the market. You don't keep coming every quarter. They were waiting for it. Just like Seattle's was hot. Portland was hot. So if you've never been there before, it's like, oh, AEW's in town. Oh, let me check it out. But they, but again, it's not like us, you know, Eastern time zone two central time zone. Oh, we'll roll in at seven o'clock, six thirty, four thirty, right? Four thirty Pacific. With LA they're, traffic, they're ready to rock. Yeah, with LA traffic and hot. I, I love that. So, congratulations, to LA. That was a great job by you guys. TV wise, by the way, nine hundred and sixty-seven thousand. The number last night for Dynamite. Oh, all right. So, uh, I mean, up from last week, from a bad number last week. That's, that's true. But NXT keeps uh, inching closer. 
Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. That, that's, they have what, 700? 700, 700 even, even for NXT, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. A little, little too close. A little bit too close for comfort. I'll tell you that. What did you guys have for match of the week? I mean, for me, I'm going to Dynamite. You got to go to the, the main event, right? No. Um, I'm going <laughs> – Brian versus Takesha was so damn good. Like, I am on board for anything we're doing with Brian for the next month and a half. Him versus Bandito next week, I feel like I can already pencil that in for match of the week. And also from last night, I really enjoyed the women's tag match. I know the Mercedes stuff might have overshadowed a little bit. They tried to tell you, hey, she's not coming. But obviously it's wrestling, so we don't believe them. But I thought that was a pretty good tag team match. Sorry, and Tony Storm versus Britain, uh, Jamie Hayter. We should put up, we should talk about that just very briefly. AW did not say that Mercedes Monet was coming. They Correct. didn't say it. However, Britt Baker did give the wink and the nod in the camera, yes. like, and mentioned the boss. Okay. Uh -huh. So, okay. But AEW didn't say it. So, but I also, the promoter and Tony Khan, who's on weekly on Busted Open and it does all these media outlets, could have easily said, like Triple H said, you know, we really like the talent and we love to have a negotiation, all that, right? But the anticipation of, oh, she's coming out, you know what that did? That shit on Tony Storm. And that's sure. not right. That's yeah. not right. Tony, Tony Storm comes out there and she just was looking incredulous when she came out there. She, you notice she didn't smile. She didn't do right. all her little history. On, so she's she put gets in a no win situation. Well, right. she gets booed yeah. because Tony, because the AEW doesn't shut it down. Maybe, maybe Mercedes Monet, maybe <laughs> she'll be out. That's not right. That they, they did Tony, and, they did Tony Storm dirty. That's a bad job by Tony Khan. And the more I think about that, like if, if Mercedes Monet comes to AEW, it's probably not going to be until after that show. Like, there's no way that New Japan and Pro Wrestling is going to pay whatever fee they've paid for Mercedes and not have her first match be for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, so if she shows up in AEW, to me, it's not until after she has uh, her match against Kyrie um, in in San Jose. Again, again, they didn't say that she was coming, but they intimated. Because of that promo, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Promo. If, unless they thought at the eleventh hour she's coming, she's coming. Okay, now she's not going to come. Well, co well, that promo is regrettable that right. Britt Baker did. But even the so, other little nuggets they're driving about, yeah. like the way they did stuff with Sheeta, where like the way she's turning the Tony, it's like okay, like there's the obvious writing as wrestling fans, like okay, Sheeta's going to take out Tony Storm, so Ray's still going to need a partner. Like they gave you all the breadcrumbs to lead up to it, and then it's like, oh, this. Is it. But I think that speaks to the talent of the four of them, like. They won the crowd over. Like halfway through that match, the crowd was in it. Jamie Hayter is over. Like that speaks to how good of a match that was. Despite all that, they won everyone over, and it wasn't just you know ten minutes of the crowd chanting for Mercedes. And it was Soraya's best match. Yep. It's, it, it was the best match. It's her best match. I mean, the I, I first mean, one. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think she's going to be like CM Punk. Like that first CM Punk match that he had with Darby was like. I mean, he took some shots because, you know, Darby's a man mad and just throws his body around with reckless abandon. But, like, Punk, because he was gone for so long, like, it took him a little bit of time to start putting on good matches before he finally had the dog the dog collar match with MJF, which might have been his best match in AEW. Like, to me, the more we see Soraya, the, the better she's going to get. Like, she's she's got it. We know she's got it. The more she – but it's one of those things you got to do. Like, you got to be able to get in the ring and be able to wrestle, and the more she does that, the better it's going to get. Yeah, Britt Baker put a boot in her mouth, though. It's my oh, right to the face. <laughs> it's not your house. 
Nice, nice saying from like 2004. It's not your house, but thank you. Real quick, the match of the week. I agree with uh, bro. It's Takeshita and Danielson was a banger. That was the best match to me on Dynamite in Los Angeles. I like how Judgment Day uh, were able to work. They worked strong. Uh, you clearly WWE want the Judgment Day to be strong. Uh, they went through the gauntlet. Good for them. I liked what they did there. It's a good story because clearly Triple H is saying, okay, let's push this faction even more so. So they went through the gauntlet. I thought that was cool on Raw. And I want to say that Battle of the Belts, which I, I enjoyed, um, Cassidy against uh, – what am I looking at? Uh, Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian. I thought that that was a better match than I thought it was going to be, quite frankly. I thought it was, be I was better than I thought. And my apologies to Jade Cargill. Uh, that that was her best match, also in Battle of the Belts. If you guys watched that against mm -hmm. Sky Blue, Sky Blue took her to the limit, and I kept saying, "When is Jade going to sell? When is Jade going to be in peril?" She was. Yep. So even though I ridiculed that at the end of the show last week, they they actually had a really nice show, and Battle of the Belts was not too bad actually. Uh, on in Portland, I mean, especially so, once you got Jeff Jarrett out of the way. Oh well, yeah, once you got that. And by the way, is that done now? Like, so Thanks. two matches. Is that done? Please. I mean, he didn't. He did not appear on my television last night. That is true. I was very, very happy. So glad that Jeff Jarrett was not on my television last night. So those are, um, those are my matches of the week. Yeah. So again, uh, I agree with you guys. Takeshita, Danielson, banger. Um, I, I really, I did enjoy the opening match, like especially the way that Hangman came right. Stole the bad blood, right? So he didn't do the typical oh tie up. No, they went right after each other. It was a physical match. I hated the ending um, and, and not like the hangman winning part, like everything else that happened after that. Like I, I enjoyed the match up until they pretended that Mox had a concussion, which was, which was not great. Um, I did enjoy the, um, the main event of SmackDown last week, the tag match with uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. That was a good physical match with the Usos. Uh, the Usos obviously ended up winning. Um but yeah, but no, Battle of the Belts, like as much as we make fun of it because of like it being, you know, Rampage 2.0, like you just tagging it's 11 p.m. Eastern on our Friday. That's why we make fun of it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, despite its time slot, yeah, Kip Sabian and Kip Sabian is one of those guys that is just going to be un like, he, he's just going to kind of hang around AEW, but like show up on a Rampage and just have a pretty good match with someone. Like that's just the way I think Kip Sabian is going to operate in in AEW on Friday nights because you're not really going to ever see him on Wednesdays, but Hey, good for him. Again, it was, it was a fun match between him and orange Cassidy who, by the way, orange Cassidy as the all Atlantic champion has been much better than I ever thought it would be. Like, I think they've done a really good job of him carrying that thing around in the backpack, like just taking any and all challengers, like it, Orange Cassidy has been – he's been killing it as the All-Atlantic champion. I had my doubts about it. I didn't think it could be a fun title reign. It absolutely has been a fun title reign. And also just a note to sort of uh, piggyback off Orange Cassidy, shout out to Dan Housen with the New York Times feature this week. There's a New York Times feature on Dan Housen? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's the number one the number one merch seller on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Yep. On the day the Vince stuff was going down and the Stephanie stuff, the New York Times had a long-form article on Dan Housen. Shout out to Dan Housen, making that money, Housen. <laughs> Hi, Jay Hood. <laughs> oh, my God. Apparently, Jay Hood's had enough. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> that guy 
guy's in no matches. He's just there just as a like as a jerk on, on promos. Like he's been doing he had an interaction with the Golden Globe Award winner last night. That's a big spot for him. Uh, New York Times feature. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you the link. We'll tweet out the link. Everyone well, wants to read we'll it. Tweet out the link. Is that what you're just I, I don't want our listeners to check that link out. What was a guy with face paint and just and, and, and putting curses on people is not over with me. He didn't even wrestle. I, he's he's over with the rest of the world again. He was the number one t-shirt seller on Pro Wrestling Tees. Yep. God, buddy. And, <laughs> although I'm with you. Like in the year of our Lord, 2023, I did not expect the New York Times to be doing a feature <laughs> on Dan Housen. Didn't see that one coming, but Rowitz is right. It is out there. I mean, I'm um, glad we got to end. Put the strap on him if he's going to be that yes. big. God. Put the title on him. Jeez. I mean, that's what's, it's probably how the, the Orange Cassidy title reign ends. He probably turns yeah. on Orange Cassidy, becomes the All-Atlantic champ. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Jay Hood's out. I'm glad we got to have fun at the end of the show because the beginning of the show was a little, eh, you know, it's. I'm sure we'll have to talk more about that because that story is just going to keep going with Vince and everything in WWE. We'll have plenty of things to talk about. And I guess Rowitz isn't going to get uh, whatever the impact pay-per-view is, so he won't be able to review it. Again, I, I don't blame him. 40 bucks? What are you guys doing? Yeah. Come on. I spent money on the Mania weekend one. I still haven't finished that one, so I need to get to that. So, you know, otherwise <laughs> oh, I wouldn't. No. Oh, man. <laughs> Wait, all right, real quick, who go, who goes over, Josh Alexander or Bully? Because I've seen the buildup on Instagram. I've seen this and just yeah. kind of like it's Bully being Bully. If he if he wins the championship, what does that do for Impact? If anything? no, it's Josh Alexander. You assume, yeah, it's I, Josh I'm, Alexander, I'm, and it is Mickey James retiring. I think that's what happens. Hmm. Okay, I think okay. that's I think that's the end for her. She's had a hell of a career, you know, yeah, if it is ends up being that like as much as we make fun of impact, um, she has had a hell of a career. And I'm sure that would be something that we give a tip to the cap to her next week. If indeed it ends up being her retirement match tomorrow night, make sure you tune in next Thursday, 7 PM Eastern, 4 PM Pacific. Always. You can download us wherever you get your podcasts with good karma wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at GW, GKW underscore wrestling. We'll be back next Thursday with another edition. G.